For RCRTV, I'm Sean Kinney, and welcome to HetNet Happenings, where we take a look at all things DAS, Wi-Fi, small cell, and much, much more. Comscope. Thinking beyond today's technology to help you make the best decision for your network and your business. Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. Telecomcareers.com Welcome back to HetNet Happenings. You know, last week we brought the show to you live from Hollywood, Florida for PCI's 2015 Wireless Infrastructure Show. Our guest last week on the show was Mark Patterson, the VP of product for Boingo Wireless. We had a really interesting conversation about the future of carrier Wi-Fi offload, tiered Wi-Fi service options, as well as a few other Wi-Fi centric topics. If that's something you're interested in, I'd encourage you to check out the uh, HetNet Happenings archived episodes, which are up on the RCR TV website, as well as on the RCR Wireless News YouTube channel. But PCIA was such an interesting show that we thought it warranted two episodes. So this week we're going to dig a little bit deeper into some of the topics discussed there, which all sort of revolve around wireless infrastructure. First, we're going to talk a little bit about distributed antenna systems. My colleague Martha DeGrasse, an editor here at RCR Wireless, had the opportunity to speak with Mike Coyado from Solid Technologies about the latest in distributed antenna system trends. Let's take a look at that video. I'm Martha DeGrasse for RCR Wireless News, and I'm here at PCIA, the Wireless Infrastructure Show, with Mike Coyado. He is Vice President of Marketing for Solid Technologies. Mike, thanks for making the time today. Martha, good to be here. Good to see you again. Well, Solid is one of the biggest players in DAS equipment, and I know that you're involved in indoor and outdoor deployment. So I'd like to hear first about some of the trends that you're seeing in the enterprise. That's a big space right now. Sure, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's been interesting. Some of the keynotes this morning talked a lot about densification. Uh, some of the panels have talked about new models for not only the business, but also the technology case. Uh, we're seeing a, an enormous opportunity in the enterprise space. We'd see that it's a very underserved, uh, unmet needs within that space. Uh, we call it the middle ground, uh, where perhaps small cells nor DAS are an ideal fit. Uh, we see an awful, awful lot of DAS looking, needing to look a little bit more like small cells, small cells looking a little bit more like DAS. So specifically, what does that mean? Yeah, you know, I think there, the, what needs to be solved is uh, a lower total cost of ownership in order to make it attractive for the venue owner as well as the wireless operators. Uh, flexibility to be able to support multiple services. Uh, that includes multiple operators at some point. Uh, there's a desire for, to see a converged network to support things like Wi-Fi, uh, public safety, of course. Uh, in the future, looking further down the road, things like building automation. Um, but intelligence as well, and I think early on we're looking at intelligence that would allow systems to be more smart uh, in order to step power down for that would address the total cost of ownership, uh, as well as intelligence to route capacity throughout the infrastructure uh, as needed. That's a little bit down the road though. So what are some of the innovations that you're involved with at Solid that are answering some of these yeah, absolutely. So uh, inside the building, we're uh, like a lot of the, the vendors currently uh, taking a look at digital DAS. Uh, I think you know, the easy way of describing digital DAS is it's it's a better DAS, uh, turning RF into bits, uh, making the what I would call the harder things easy 
uh, in order to design, deploy, uh, optimize, and ma maintain and monitor the network. Uh, it also gives you greater intelligence, more uh, uh, intelligence and analysis of the network. Uh, allows you to address things like uh, PIM uh, and interference a lot better. Uh, and so, uh, it, with our particular case, we're also uh, we've developed and innovated some amplifier technology, which, compared to our current amplifiers and benchmarking against other uh, competitors, the amplifiers are able to yield you know 40, 50 percent power savings. So that really speaks to the total cost of ownership. And, and the footprint is usually less for more digital systems. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, great. Well, let's talk about the outdoor space a little bit. Uh, yeah. We're hearing a lot about, about the need for the densification in urban areas today. So can you give us a little bit of information doing outdoors? Sure. Yeah, I think that it's... Uh, it, it particularly in, I think, uh, our friends at Extinet like to call the NFL cities, the major markets, that simply put the, the macro network, the canopy needs to be lowered. Uh, the macro network's not the most efficient way of, de of densifying those areas. And so uh, it speaks to uh, what small cells originally were slated to do, right, were to densify uh, the outdoor space. Uh, some challenges in, in site location and backhaul and power and maintenance uh, have kind of slowed that process down. And I think some of the small cell vendors have focused a little bit more on the in-building space, kind of call it the low-hanging fruit. Uh, but the problem remains. And so we believe that uh, you know, with site acquisition, it, it really informs of a multi-operator uh, multi model. Uh, and so we think that there's an opportunity for a DAS renaissance, an outdoor DAS renaissance, uh, where once again, DAS does very well at supporting those multiple operators. Right, so you think we'll go down to like the next tier of, of cities? <laughs> in time, in time, but I think you know, the, the, the major opportunity right now is those, those major markets and finding the right infrastructure, whether it be something like Solids working on uh, our city DAS pole, uh, which is really a co-location host uh, okay. to be able to provide uh, DAS also hosting for a small cell for those operators that would prefer to uh, deploy a small cell. Wi-Fi access points, public safety, all in, within the same infrastructure, battery backup and stuff like that. On the other hand, uh, I, I think that there are business models that might inform that uh, you know, the, the neutral hosts, the third parties that uh, are going to densify the outdoor area, perhaps they have their own infrastructure and it's just a straight up DAS play. Uh, and, and for that, we'll be rolling out in the uh, coming weeks a new 20 watt DAS amplifier, okay. uh, support for uh, multiple bands, uh, that's got the, the first iteration of our new Thor technology, amplifier technology. It's going to yield about a 40% power savings. Uh, smaller footprint, a little bit lighter cabinet, so we think that's going to be a real, real attractive winner for, uh, for the neutral host for the outdoor space. All right, we'll keep an eye on it. Mike Criado, Vice President of Marketing and Solid Technologies. Thank you very much. Thank you, Martha. Appreciate it. That was our own Martha DeGrasse and Mike Coyado from Solid discussing distributed antenna system trends. I'd like to point out that Mike mentioned densification, which is a huge buzzword right now, and these ultra-dense networks are uh, expected by just about everyone involved in telecom to be a key part of uh, what a 5G mobile network eventually looks like. Also like to point out that Mike mentioned the convergence of DAS and small cell, which is another really salient point. So now we're going to move over and we're going to see what Comscope, who's a leader in the DAS space, is doing with their small cell portfolio. Now, small cell, the technology has huge potential, but for a number of reasons, 
largely site acquisition and jurisdictional concordance, it just hasn't really taken off. But many analysts are expecting 2015 to be the year that small cell really sort of hits its stride. So let's hear from Comscope about what they're doing in small cell. RCR Wireless News, I'm Martha DeGrasse, and I'm here now with Steve Kim. He's manager of Site Solutions at Comscope. Thanks for being here. How are you? Great. We're interested in hearing about some of the new antenna solutions that are specifically designed for small cells. Sure. Well, as folks probably know, is that when you do dense, the dense urban deployment of metro cells, oftentimes you run into a landscape of buildings where you're in between streets and you may need to point east, you may need to point west, you may need to point north. The other issue you wind up with small cells, you don't want to interfere with the macro cells. You wind up with a situation where you need to develop these very unique patterns, as well as control the down tilt, which is utterly important with small cells because you don't want to create interference in the LTE network. And so we've brought out a line of small cells that allow us to do those things, as well as hide them behind concealments to make it a little bit easier to get those things permitted. That means making smaller antennas and making the antennas that are sometimes shrouded by RF permeable materials or transparent materials that allow you to place these things wherever you want them. So they can be pretty much not seen, but perform still in the network as they're intended. So tell us a little bit about the no, no, not at all. As a matter of fact, we test. This has been done for a long time in the macro conceal concealment world. So all we're doing is taking the same things that we know about controlling interference in a macro world, as well as RF transparency, and kind of making the small, making the antennas uh, concealed and make it so they're hidden from public view, so that it's easier to get these things through the constituents of, of public agencies. Right. And, and what are some of the form factors? Typically, the form factors of the metro cells. You typically think of them as being about a two and a half foot uh, tall antenna that's maybe anywhere between eight inches and 12 inches in diameter. And in one particular case, we've actually taken 65 degree panel antennas, three of them, and be able to surround those around a pole so that we can actually sectorize those things and we can turn them into a quasi-omni. They can actually do a complete 360 degree azimuth antenna pattern or a 270 or a 65 or whatever you know the mobile operator requires. Now, does that allow for this one radio? Uh, absolutely, yeah. You can, in fact, with this one of the, the solutions that we've uh, brought out here today, uh, it actually holds two different radios. One can be from one provider and another one can be from another provider, or you can double up the radios if you're going to do LTE aggregation. So do you have we're just now in the process of rolling this out to customers, so we haven't done that yet, but we have talked about, if you want to call them neutral host metro cell deployments with a couple of folks already. Well, that can be very exciting. All right, Steve. Thank you very much. Thank you, Martha. Welcome back to HeadNet Happenings, folks. Uh, I, I'm going to interrupt the flow of the show to take a moment to discuss the uh, perils of live television. In the background, you will hear the East Side Panther marching band coming down Chacon Street in East Austin. What's going on here is an impromptu parade that is taking place about 25 feet away from me on the other side of a very thin, very poorly insulated wall. So we apologize for the confusion, but again, hope you enjoyed the East Side Panthers marching band here from lovely Austin, Texas. But switching gears, get back to telecom. We've heard a little bit about distributed antenna systems. We've heard a little bit about small cells. So when you consider these in the context of an ultra-dense network complete with LTE and Wi-Fi, what you're talking about is a heterogeneous network. So like these ultra-dense networks right in the core of cities, what you'd expect from a user perspective 
is to sort of move around and have your phone pair up with the most opti optimal network signal, what be that the strongest or the best suited for what you're trying to do, whether that's talk, text, or data, and you'll have a seamless transition. There won't be any sort of authentication required. It just sort of works. And so now we're gonna hear from Nokia's Chris Stark about what their vision for the future of these ultra-dense ne networks is and what it means for you and me. Let's take a look at that clip from his keynote at PCIA. The, our vision at this point is that we'd like to expand the human possibilities of the connected world. So when we talk about that, <coughs> we, we very much talk about the human impact of networks the human impact in terms of what it does to your everyday life. Now when I think about the human impact of what, it, what networks can do to your life, I, I don't necessarily sit there and think about a cat playing a piano with a very well-knitted jumper, or should I say sweater, because jumper's perhaps not the right word, but, or, or a, a chap from South Korea doing a funny dance on the stage uh, and being an international hit. What I'm thinking when I talk about human possibilities of the network is really things that, that in, in our overall evolution we can change in terms of people's lives. And I think I'm going to come on a little bit later to talk about some of the challenges. And I think this is worth just thinking about because a lot of we, what we do is results in entertainment or infotainment or whatever. But I think there's an awful lot of things that we do that don't necessarily get pushed forward, which do change our lives. I mean, think about this. In the next decade, what we see is that you'll actually get back two hours a day just from the use of technology. It's all right, my screen's gone. So now I have to turn around and you know, unfortunately you can see I'm losing my hair. Um, so, so two hours a day, giving back two hours a day. Uh, if you think about that, giving back two hours a day, uh, one of the concerns I've got about that is how they're gonna give you the two hours a day back. Because if it comes straight away, I'm all for that. But if it comes in one of those really horrible mail-in rebates, I'm perhaps not as really, I'm not bought into that. But think about this on the suicide. Zero road fatalities. Think about what's been going on with the connected car. I think there was 1.3 million people killed on the roads in the last year. Um, so zero lost water distribution. I mean, uh, anybody here from California would understand that that's a, that's a big one. Um, if you were here from Texas about a month or two ago, you'd think that was a big one, but someone turned the tap on over the top of Texas in the last month and it doesn't stop. Healthier people, healthier people. Uh, just the issue about less transport costs, maybe reducing pollution, maybe reducing traffic jams and so on in the city. I think these are all the things that we can actually bring in terms of benefits from our technology and from moving networks forward. That was Chris Stark from Nokia talking about their vision for uh, the connected society of the future. And, uh, you know, like Chris said, this is about a lot more than watching videos of cats playing pianos in HD while you're riding on the bus. This is about 
using technology to push really broad scale quality of life change for a lot of people. So very interesting topic. And if you'd like to see the rest of Chris's keynote address from PCIA, you can check that out on the RCR Wireless Noob YouTube channel. And for lots of other content from PCIA and everything else, telecom, IT, and ICT related, I'd encourage you to visit us at rcrwirelessnews.com. And also be sure to tune in to HetNet Happenings next week where you never know, a parade might crop up. So with that, we're going to take you through the magic of television and the talents of our production staff live to the street out here in East Austin. We'll see you next week. HetNet Happenings is a production of RCR-TV. To reach Sean Kinney or to suggest a show topic for HetNet Happenings, you can reach Sean at skinney at rcrwireless.com. On Twitter at Sean Kinney RCR. To find out more about the latest in HetNet and all things wireless, dig into rcrwireless.com.